Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. so much for the invitation to come on today. Um, just appreciate you and um, happy Father's Day to Brent and, and my husband and, and, and um, just happy Father's Day and just appreciate uh, you and your time today. I do have a word from the Lord today uh, in honor of uh, Apostle Stephanie. Thank you so much. Um, I honor the woman of God and the gifting that God has put in the side of her. Uh, she brought some things out of us while we were in Israel, <laughs> amen, some things we were trying to hide, some things we were trying to bury, um, but as we went down into the mountains and the caves and the valleys and, 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 and places that uh, we didn't really know where we were going, um, God was doing a work on the inside of us as well. So uh, I think about our trip even today, and I just like, Lord, you did some things in us. And so thank you for being that leader. Thank you for being the one that was, a, was willing to take the charge over what it was, 15, 12 to 15 ladies to go and take us to Israel and do the things God called us to do. And uh, when I think about the work that we've done in the city and the work that we've done with prayers and praying for the city, I know this city is different and it's changed because of the prayers that were prayed, not only in Israel, but also when we got back. Um, so just thank you so much for your labor of love, amen, and for your obedience to God. Amen. So here we go. <laughs> so the word of the Lord for you today, and I had a couple of different words, and I was like, I don't know which one. So the one that I feel that God was sharing with me for you today is the title of the message is We Fall Down. We fall down, okay? And so by the title of this message, you, would, you may have assumed that I would go in the direction of telling of how we as individuals in all of our imperfections fall on a continual basis, and we do. We, <laughs> we fall on a continual basis. Sometimes we fall up the stairs. Sometimes we fall down the stairs. Sometimes we trip over our own feet while we're walking. Sometimes we fall as we're walking in our spiritual life and our natural life. We fall, and sometimes we fall down. Amen? But this message today is not about, about us, okay? It's not about us and how we fall down. But it is about us. It's about what we will do. In the presence of God, we will fall down. Amen? We're going to fall down in the presence of God. Although we could and maybe we should fall down in a literal sense before the Lord, I'm also speaking to you about a figurative sense, bowing and humble adoration in our hearts, giving preference to, giving honor to God in thought, word, 
and deed and choosing his will over our own, and I'll talk about me, over my own stubborn, self-absorbed, selfish will. The will, our will, has to fall before the presence of the Lord. A fall in my own self-dependence and realizing that I am always and we are always totally dependent upon God. As women, that's what we want. We want to be independent. But I learned through this walk in, with Christ that we are never and nor do we ever want to be independent, but we always want to be dependent upon the Lord because there is never a time in our lives that we will never need him. We were going to always need the Lord. So in always needing the Lord means that you're never self-dependent. You always depended upon him. Amen. So in the scriptures in Luke chapter seven, verse 37, it says, and behold, there was a woman in a city who was a sinner. And when she knew that Jesus sat at the table at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster box or alabaster flask of fragrant oil. And she stood at his feet weeping behind him. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. This fragrant oil was an expensive perfume. And so I looked up, I'm saying, what is an expensive perfume in our day? I found out that Chanel number five. <laughs> Chanel number five is an expensive perfume for 7.6 fluid ounces, this perfume is $3,500. That's an expensive perfume. <laughs> and in this scripture, it talks about this woman brought uh, 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 this oil before the Lord. We don't know what it's going to cost her, but we know it was a very costly oil. And, and in the scripture, we have to read the scripture for what it says. It says that this woman was a sinner. It did not say that she was poor. It says she was a sinner. All sinners are not poor. <laughs> okay? So sometimes we think that this poor woman came in and had this oil that she was given Jesus. She could have been a rich woman, but the point is, is that she was a sinner and she needed Christ. We all need Christ because we all fall down. Okay? And so in this particular scripture of Luke 7:37, you can see the progression of this woman's fall. First the thing happened is her heart's desire was to give God or give Jesus a gift. Anytime you want to go and bring a gift, that means there's something happening in your heart that's being touched that you want to go and of your own substance and begin to give. There's something happening to you. There's a humbleness that's happening when you want to give someone a gift. The second thing she do is she stood at his feet weeping. The third thing she did was wash his feet with her 
tears. And I could see the progression of what God was doing in her heart as she was falling in humble adoration and falling before the Lord. The next thing she did was she wiped his feet with her hair. And here's the last thing. She kissed his feet and anointed them with the gift that she brought. Some of us don't like to even touch our own feet, less known touch somebody else's feet, not only to wash them, but you're talking about putting your lips down by somebody else's feet. Come on, let's be real. Put your feet, put your mouth down there and kiss his feet with the tears that has flown from your eye. That is a fall. That means I am nothing. That means I have come and I'm humbled myself in purity and in, in, in everything that nothing matters. Nothing matters. When you go and kiss somebody's feet, come on. Look at our feet. Our, and, and, and back in those days, the roads were dusty. The roads were dirty. And so you're going to kiss his feet, but yeah, you didn't wash them with your tears. Amen. So that helps a little bit. <laughs> But the, yeah, and, and, and uh, I, I'm sorry if I don't use the right title, but Prophetess Donna, she was saying, uh, you know, and then she put some oil on them to make sure that while she was down there kissing, she would have, it would smell good, okay? So that's fine. Whatever we need to do to make it work, but that's what she did. There was a progression in her fall. Some of us, when we came to Jesus, may not have fell to our knees, but we definitely fell before him as we gave our hearts and we invited him to be our savior. Jesus is the only one who can save. We fell into the arms of pure grace and great mercy. Our sins came before the righteousness of God and we repented being sorry for the sins that we have now come to understand that Jesus was the one that bore our sins on the cross. Even before we were, even before we came on the scene, even while we were up in heaven in the mind and the heart of God, Jesus had already come down to die for the sins that we would have committed. Amen. He was the one with his stripes and with the crown of thorns, with the nail in his feet and in his hands. He was the one, he is the one that took our sins. We're not the only ones who has to pay for the sins we commit. Sometimes we think we're in it alone and we're doing this all by ourselves. Never. That is a lie from the enemy. If we sin, there is others that is going to be impacted, influenced negatively because of our decision to sin. Sometimes if we think about that in our decision, when we're making that decision, then maybe that will stop us in our tracks so we won't continue in the sin because we know that first of all, Apostle Stephanie going to hear about it. And when Apostle Stephanie hears about it, she going to call you on the phone or she going to show up at your house and go, okay, baby, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? 
And it's out of the love and the care and the concern that she does that so that we can no longer continue in sin, but we can make that turnaround and that shift toward righteousness. Amen? So this righteous Jesus bore the sins of the unrighteous man to transform and elevate us with his own righteousness to be the God-man. We are the righteousness of God by Christ Jesus. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. So we take upon the righteousness of the one who is only righteous, and that is Jesus. I don't know about you, but I can get excited about that. I have the righteousness of God. Come on, there's no way I'm going to ever have my own righteousness that look like that if I don't take upon his because he's the only one that's righteous. And so the enemy can't really even come against me because I'm like, shoot, I got the righteousness of Jesus. You know, he's the one that's sitting on the right hand of the father right now. So how you going to come against me? You need to come against him and you already tried and failed. Okay, so we want to take upon the righteousness of Christ Jesus and go in his righteousness. Amen. Yes, we previously fell for the lies of the enemy and we sinned. We fell for the same lie that Satan tempted Jesus with in Matthew 4 and 19. And that scripture says, and he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. In sin, we are worshiping Satan. I don't think we think about that. When we decide that we're not going to follow God and we're going to be disobedient. It's in sin, who are we worshiping? You're not worshiping God if God told you not to do it, if God told us not to go that place, if God told us not to say that thing. When we say it and we do it and we go that place, we're definitely not serving God, so who are we worshiping? We fell to the lies, to the tricks and the schemes that keep us in bondage because that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to keep us in bondage. The enemy does not care anything about us. Sometimes we think the enemy cares about us. He don't care about you. He definitely don't care about me. He don't care nothing about you. The only thing he cares about is to get back at the father because we are the father's kids. And so if he can get to the kids, then he, he believes he can get to the father. Because the father loves the kids. And so if you mess with the kid, you're messing with the father. So the enemy is trying to get back at the father, but he's using you. Don't let the enemy use you. Amen? Don't let the enemy use you. We think like Samson. This was really a revelation for me. He said, he, uh, God said to me while I was doing the message, that we think like Samson, that we can continue to be rebellious, disobedient, unforgiving while serving God and still have the same strength. You can't do it. Or we're going to be like Samson laying in the lap of Delilah thinking that he can get up and jump up and do all the things that he used to do. And then the last time he tried to do that, he couldn't, he didn't have the strength. So we're going to don't lie down. Number one in the enemy's lap. <laughs> 
But the next thing is don't think that you can, we can continue in our disobedience and still think that we have the strength to be able to fight and to war off the enemy like we need to. Amen? We fall down, and we all fall down. There's nobody that's exempt from falling. We all fall down, but the difference is who are you falling for? Who are you falling for? There were some Hebrew boys in the Bible, and they refused to fall before an idol, okay? They refused to worship a gold image of King Nebuchadnezzar. Today, I'm going to refer to him as King Neb. <laughs> like that. Shorten his name. But these three Hebrew boys decided that, no, it doesn't matter that you're the king. I am not going to fall before this image that you have put up here and worship because I know who to worship and it ain't an idol. Amen. King Neb was lifted up in pride and he eventually fell. And I love this. Listen to what the, listen how he fell. Woo. He was deposed from his kingly throne. He was driven from men. He ate grass like an oxen. His hair had grown like eagle's feather. How you, you want that hairstyle? His, his hair had grown like eagle's feathers. And his nails, oh, come on, ladies, you know we like some nails. They were like bird claws. We don't want it like that. This is how King Neb fell. But he brought truth to the scripture in Proverbs 16 and 18 that says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. But when King Neb came to himself, he gave all glory, honor, praise to God as being the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and the God of gods. He found out that he was it. There was a power that's higher than him. There was a power that, um, that made him fall. Amen? And there was a power that could lift him up as well. There was another person in the Bible that fell. He bowed his knee willingly in prayer three times a day, and that was Daniel, to worship the Lord God. So who are you falling for? There was a Greek Syrophoenician woman who heard about Jesus and came and fell at his feet. She kept asking Jesus to heal her daughter of an unclean spirit. Then there was a ruler of the synagogue. His name was Jairus. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and begged him to heal his daughter. They fell willingly. They fell before the Lord. Amen. I'm not sure, I'm not sure that we show the appreciation to the Lord as much as we should. When our sins come before our face, will we be like Luke 18, 9 through 13? And that says, and also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves. Who are we trusting in? 
They trusted in themselves that they were righteous and they despised others. It says in verse 10, two men went up to the temple to pray, a Pharisee, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Verse 11 says, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you, I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I possess. But then the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven. But he beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. What's our position as we go before God? Are we bringing our own righteousness before God and letting him know what we have done? Or are we going before God in humbleness and say, God, I'm not even worthy to come. And I appreciate you so much for inviting me to come boldly to your throne room of grace where I know I can obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I don't have anything to say to you, God. I'm just going to shut my mouth and listen to what you have to say to me because you know a whole lot more than I'll ever know. Amen. How do we come before God? How do we approach the throne? And only each of us can answer that question because we, we know what's in our hearts. We know how we go before God. There was another scripture um, in Matthew 20 talks about a landowner. Y'all remember the landowner where he went out to the marketplace because he needed some people to work his land? And so he saw some people standing on the corner or standing on the street, and he says, okay, um, I've got some work to do. Are you willing to go? And they said yes, and, he, and they agreed upon a price of a denarius for the day. So they went out early in the morning. The landowner came back out at several times during the day and found others that were out there not working. And he says, why aren't you working? He said, no one has hired me. So he said, just go into my field and I'll pay you what's right. Landowner did it again toward the middle of the day. Same thing happened. Found other people that was out there. He said, go to my land. Go to, go to my field and I'll pay you what's appropriate. Then we had the ones that came in at the close of the day. The land, <laughs> I know. The landowner went out there and saw some people at like 4 o'clock. You know, 5 o'clock is the end of the shift. So 4 o'clock, the landowner goes back out there and said, why are you not working? Nobody's hired me all day. He said, go to my field, and I will hire you and pay you what's right. Then what happened is the landowner came and brought everybody together and began to pay them, starting with the ones who went out, I'm going to say at 5 o'clock in the morning, and he gave them an, a denarius. Why? Because that's what they had agreed upon. Then all those other people that came throughout the day, he also gave them a denarius. Then the ones at the beginning had an attitude. <laughs> had a big attitude. Why? Because of the compassion of the landowner who decided to allow them to go into his field and work and gave them the exact same pay as he gave to the ones who went out early. How we, we really have to check our attitude 
when we see those who come into the kingdom after us, later than us, and they seem to get the same benefits as we get, and we're wondering, God, I've been laboring for you for years, and all of a sudden they get the same thing as I get? Come on, you know, what's, what's up with this? We have an attitude. Because we think that we are owed more. We think that we deserve more. But God gave them the exact same benefit as he's given us, and that's eternal life. And we ought to be grateful. We have to be grateful, always remaining grateful and appreciative to the Lord of what he has done. And if he's a compassionate father, and he is, because he showed compassion on us as well. But we sometimes forget about the compassion that Jesus showed for us when it comes to someone else. And we're looking at them and like, I don't remember you doing this for me. Until God began to show the spotlight. He said, not only did I do this for you, I did this, 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 and that. And then we're like, yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. So we have to make sure our attitude is always right before the Lord. Amen. Lately, I've had a few occasions, and as you were worshiping and as you were ministering, I thought about some of those occasions where, you know what, if it wasn't for God, whoo, it would have been a mess. Because I saw some areas where the enemy had come and he had set a trap. The enemy will set traps for us. But with the presence of God on the inside of us, we can, and the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, he will show us the trap that the enemy has set for us, and then he will begin to pull us up and pull us out of those areas because if it was left up to us, we would have went on and sinned. If it was left up to us, we'd have went on down to the room that we were going, the place that we were going. But God said, no, I need to go and put someone in your, in, in your pathway that will distract you and turn you around. Amen? And so God showed me that. <laughs> and when I think about it, I'm like, God, what you want? What you want me to do? When, he, when God saves your life and you know he saved your life, you, oh, yes, yes, you. You know when God saved your life? Can't nobody ever say, you can never say God didn't save your life because he literally saved your life. Amen? Saved your life. And he's done that for us too. Maybe not in the same way and not in the same method, but he saved our lives. Amen? Give you a quick example um, I was at work and I was getting ready to send out some documents and they had some attachments to them. And I decided, okay, well, I'm going to get them ready, but I'm not going to send them out to the next day because I'm tired. And you know how it is when you're tired, you don't pay attention like you should. So I said, okay, I'm just going to wait till the next day and send them out. And I'm going to check them. And there was a lot of them. So as I'm checking them the next day, I look at an attachment and the one document out of about 60 documents had a different attachment. You want to know what the attachment was? It was the salaries of everybody in the company. When God, when I saw that, I'm like, Jesus, I seen my life flashing before my eyes. I saw, oh, Jesus, you just saved my life. Because I caught it, it didn't go out, I deleted it, and God saved my life. Now, 
Other examples may not be as dramatic, but they are just as dramatic because he saved our lives. And any time God saves our lives, it's, it's something. And I'm sure you have your own stories of, of when that happened. But I'm telling you, that thing flashed before my eyes and the veil was pulled back and all I could see is trying to get it back. And you know when you're sending out an email, there is no way to retrieve it. You can go and ask, and you can ask for it to be returned, but if that person has already opened the document, it's, it's over. You know, you can call them and say, please don't share that, but they got it. You don't know what would happen to it, but God saved <laughs> my life. <laughs> so anytime I think about that, when I'm getting all high-minded and, you know, uh, thinking of myself more highly than I ought to, God showed me that, and I'm like, yes, Lord, you're right. I'm, I'm coming on down. I'm coming on down. I'm coming down low to the ground. Yes, I am. I am. <laughs> Amen. But I thank God that, you know, sometimes when, when, we, when we're in the midst of a problem and the enemy has a desire to sift us as wheat, and he does, and then we receive, and then when we see the redemptive prayers of Jesus, because we know that there was no way that we could have saved ourselves, and that without God's intervention, we would be lost. Amen? We know we were going down. And all of a sudden, we see ourselves being lifted up and being lifted out, not knowing, not getting to where we were headed and not getting what we deserved. Sometimes we think, oh, we don't deserve this. There are some things we have done that we deserved. Some of the things, I don't know about your childhood and, and, and teenage years, but we, we didn't get saved uh, at two. <laughs> we, we did the stuff. We did the do. Come on. Come on. We did it. We did it. We was out there. We was rolling around in it, enjoying it. You know, we did it. But thank God that we didn't get what we deserved. Amen. The, See, they got something going on over here. <laughs> Amen, but you came on in. <laughs> but we fell down and God lifted us up and we know what could have happened and we're appreciative to God and that's why we stay saved today because we know what could have happened. Amen? We know what should have happened, but God had mercy on us. So when we see the enemy coming, we, run in the, we are running the other way. Completely like, uh, I ain't fooling with you because you, you might tempt me because the enemy knows the desires of our hearts. And what he wants to do is get you ensnared with those desires. So if you know them and the enemy knows them, you better get to running. <laughs> running the other way because he's out to kill you, steal from you, and to destroy you. But God wants us to have life and life more abundantly. Many of us have overcome battles Many battles, depression, fatherlessness, motherlessness, friendlessness, <laughs> and yet God sees fit to raise us up beyond what we could ever deserve. Such a loving God. And then we fall down in worship because we know that it is by God's grace and his mercy that we didn't get what we deserve. We don't like to think about it, but we should. And it reminds us of the journey from there to here. We didn't be, we're not like Star Trek where they just beamed us up over here. 
We wish. Still trying to figure out how we could do that. But we got to walk it out. There's a journey that we have to walk out because that's where we learn. It's through the journey. If we were to just get popped over here, that's why many people who, who win the lottery and many people who get, who get a large sum of money quickly don't keep it because they don't know how to because they just waste it, you know, and they don't have the disciplines. If you got to work and use all of your sweat <laughs> and tears going to work every day for a number of years and you finally get to a place where you have this lump sum of money or this money that's available to you, you're going to be counting them pennies. You're going to be looking like, uh, I don't know if I want that dress or not. Mm. You know, I think I had that dress years ago and I didn't even wear the dress. So why do I want another dress that looked like the dress that I had? Have you ever bought something that you had before <laughs> that you didn't wear before, but now you think you're going to wear it? All right, I'm talking to somebody else. Okay. <laughs> Amen. But we just have to be humble and keep ourselves humble as we look in the mirror and, and remember what God has called us from. Let's continue. When there was a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees that were going to arrest, arrest Jesus outside of the Garden of Gethsemane, and when Jesus asked them who they were seeking in John 18 and 6, the scripture says that after Jesus identified himself as I am he, that they drew back and fell backwards. It doesn't matter whether you're a saint or a sinner. When you come into the presence of God, you're going to fall. We all going to fall down. And the presence of God in all of his glory, when he, if he shows us all of that glory, we're going to fall. Some of us who, who don't think that we can get down on the knee, we're just going to fall flat on our face. <laughs> Talking about, I can't get down there. I'm not sure how I'm going to get up. You won't even have to worry about it because you're going to go boom. And that's, that's what it's going to be, boom. <laughs> Those people who were coming to arrest Jesus, they didn't think they were getting ready to fall that day. But the glory of God began to shine and the, and the essence of who God was began to shine through Jesus and all they did was boom and fail. When Jesus performs a miracle in the presence of his disciples in Luke 5 and 4, it says, after toiling all night and caught nothing, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. This is what he told Peter. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. When Peter saw all that had happened, what did he do? He fell down at Jesus' knee, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Seeing a glimpse of the Lord causes us to fall in worship. Think about the leper. There was a leper is someone who has a disease that destroys the nerves and deadens the limbs to sensation of touch and pain. And it can trigger, leprosy can trigger bouts of unbearable agony. So in Luke 4 and 12, there were some leopards who fell down in Jesus' presence, imploring him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Why? Because leopards were considered as un, 
clean. So they wanted Jesus to make them clean. Who here is willing to fall down in the presence of God with an attitude of gratitude, asking him to do something that only he can do for you? Or are we going to sit in our seats with pride? Are we going to sit in our hearts with pride and not be willing to fall before the Lord if that's what it takes to heal us, to deliver us, to set us free? Are we going to stay in the pain? Are we going to stay in the sickness? Are we going to stay with what we have and instead of falling before his presence and falling down before him? We don't see that much anymore. We don't. But this leper heard about Jesus and saw other and may have saw other miracles that Jesus performed. But his miracle came as a result of the honor and the faith that he gave to Jesus and to who Jesus was and what Jesus could do. Jesus' response to this leper is, I am willing, be cleansed. You want to know if God can? I am willing. You want to know if God will? He says, I am willing. But what are you going to do? What are you willing to do? What are we willing to give up? What are we willing to sacrifice? Do we want to keep everything to ourselves and want Jesus to do everything and we don't do nothing that we can just have it all? It don't work that way. You are so right. This is not Burger King and we ain't going to have it our way. Amen. <laughs> I believe, this is Jackie, when we get to heaven, we're going to have to go to remedial school. You want to know why I believe that? Because we're we not acknowledging God like we should acknowledge him. When I went to MSU, because I had graduated out of uh, uh, a school in Muskegon, and, you know, I, my math was not up to par. I, I knew a little bit. But when I got to that college and I had to take that test, they told me you need to go and do some remedial classes. The college level course was like a 100 course, okay? The remedial classes started at the 0, 080, 081, 082, 083. It was remedial. And you know what happened? I had to take three remedial courses just to get to that one level of 100 course. And you know what? I had to pay for it. I didn't get not one credit. No. You had to go through it because you needed the 100 level course, but you couldn't get the 100 level course until you took the three other courses that made up to be the 100 level course. So we're going to have to go to some remedial school in heaven to be able to get to the place where we need to be and give God the honor, the praise, and the glory that he should have had down here on earth. I'll probably be in remedial school with y'all. We all fall down. We all fall down. I don't know if there will be a remedial school, but sometimes I think it will be. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Woo. Yes, I'll, I'll never forget that going to MSU. 
Had to pay for it too. Had to pay for, I think those were like two credit courses. And the other one at the 100 level was like a three or four credit course. I had to pay double. Just to get the, the level of the 100 course, I had to spend my time of doing three courses just to get to this one. Is that, oh, I hear the Lord said, is that what we want to do and spend our time doing the extra things over here because we want to dibble and dabble in sin and we want to dibble and dabble in disobedience or we want to mess around over here or do we want to always just go to the 100 level course and say, come on, I'm ready for you to go. You can go on farther, but some of us got to go back over here and we're going to have to spend some time and we're going to have to spend some money and we're going to be upset and say well why he he over there why, why why is he over there because we didn't do what we were supposed to do we so busy looking at somebody else that we forgot to look in the mirror take the time now I was talking to my daughter, and I'm all off my notes, but I was talking to my, other, my daughter the other day, and she was talking about uh, something she was going through, and she said, I'd be glad when I hurry up and go through this. I I'd be glad when I get to the end. I said, baby, make sure you learn the lessons while you're in it, because if you don't, you're going to repeat it. She said, ooh, I didn't think about it like that. I said, yeah, I've been through enough of those repeat tests. I've been enough of those repeat lessons, but let me tell you something. You might want to stay in here, stay a little bit longer. Ask God, did I get everything that I was supposed to get? Did I learn everything I was supposed to learn? Did I take away everything I was supposed to take away so that I can get up on out of here and I don't have to come back and look at it again? <laughs> I had a history course, and I don't know y'all bringing this stuff out. I had a history course <laughs> in, in, in uh, high school, and the only way I could get through this history course, is I made a promise to myself. I said, self, I was sitting up in the bed with my legs and a book in front of me. I said, if you learn this stuff, when you take this test, you can forget it all. <laughs> I sat there and gave me a little perk. I'm like, okay, I think I can learn it then. I had to give myself some motivation to be able to learn it because I had a prize. I could forget it all. And when I took that test, I couldn't tell you what the stuff was about because I forgot it all. <laughs> I don't even remember. I know it's history. That's all I know. I wasn't even trying to think about it. I wasn't trying to figure it out. I did the test, and whatever I did, I did because I couldn't, I couldn't do it again because I forgot it all. I was looking at the prize. We are depressed for the mark of the high prize of, of calling in Christ Jesus. So keep the prize of Jesus before our face so we know that when we're running this race, we're running it for the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. I'm almost, I'm almost finished. Amen. In Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 and 15. Maybe this is Stephanie, y'all. We're going we're gonna to talk about this. <laughs> and it says here, and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, because you know she a fighter, right? <laughs> she liked to fight. She liked to war. And that she, and that, I said she. <laughs> the scripture says he. I think I just put her name in. So she lifted up. Her eyes and looked, and behold, there was a man stood opposite her with his sword drawn in his hand. And, and Stephanie went to, to him and said to him, are you for us 
or for our adversary. That's Stephanie, ain't it? As I'm reading this and starting to read it, I'm like, this is Stephanie. Are you for us or for our adversary? She about ready to fight, take them down. She don't know. She, I'm going to ask this question. If you don't have the right answer, you are going down today. <laughs> but in verse 14, so he said, no. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. You know what Stephanie did? Stephanie fell on her face to the earth and she worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? That's what she says. What does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Stephanie, take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy. And Stephanie did so. In the scripture, it talks about Joshua, but that's the beauty of the scripture is that we see the scripture, but we can put ourselves in the place of the scripture because the scripture is talking about us, but he gave us examples from time before. So it's okay to put Stephanie's name. It's okay to put your name in there. Amen. You a fighter. You a warrior. You about ready to take everybody out. You, you looking, you about to ask the question, are you for me or for my adversaries? Because I'm about to take you up out of here. Depending upon their answer. Amen. I was at my mother's house. Y'all doing something. What y'all doing? <laughs> y'all leave me alone. I was at my mother's house and um, she, she's in a, a hospice situation. Not that she's dying, but hospice comes to help families to, um, with the transition. It may be a long transition. And, we, and, and uh, I was back there with my mother sitting with her. My husband was in another room and Somebody came to the, to the door, and it was the nurse came to the door. I think her name is Rachel. And she came to the door, <laughs> and I was coming up out of the room. My husband thought it was me coming in the door. And so she coming in going, I'm coming in, I'm coming in. I said, I don't know who you are. We need to take you down. <laughs> I thought it was my niece. <laughs> it sounded like her voice. I'm like, I'm about to take you down if you ain't supposed to be up in this house. And she said, oh, I'm Rachel. Oh, yeah, you better declare who you are. <laughs> Come on now. Sometimes we, we have the fight. Sometimes we have the war. Sometimes, but we need people to tell us who they are so they save their own lives. <laughs> you want to save your life, you better open up your mouth and tell us what you're doing. What, what, what's going on? What, what, what you about? <laughs> Amen. Tell us what you're about. I need to know whether I need to let you in and invite you to the door. Amen. So there's one more scripture and then I'll be done. <laughs> unless y'all say, say otherwise. <laughs> this last scripture was Revelation 4, verses 8 through 11. It's the throne room of heaven. There were four living creatures, each having six wings, that were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. I love Minister Matt because he knows me, and he knows when I say I'm closing, I have one closing, and it's short. 
And so you saw him, he just got up and went on over there because he know that I'm about to shut this down. <laughs> Amen. I am not like other ministers and pastors who got 15 closes and they take the next hour. Mm -mm. <laughs> when I say I'm done, you can probably count it within a couple of minutes and I'm going to be done. So continuing on with the scripture. <laughs> Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, verse 10 says, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever and they cast their crowns before the throne, saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And by your will, they exist and were created. That includes us. By God's will, we exist and were created. Let's get us an accurate self-assessment of who we are and that we are dust and, <laughs> and a short breath <laughs> and honor God while he's given us the breath in our bodies. Amen. We fall down in repentance we fall down in worship. We fall down in adoration. We fall down in praise. And we fall down in the presence of God. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what he wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good and he has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.